This is a podcast from Partnerships for Wellbeing. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Ways to Wellbeing. Coming to you as usual from our compact and bijou but very comfortable attic studio here in Inverness. And you're Nicola McKenzie. And you are Jeff Sosinski. And it's rude to point. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that you're really looking forward to this week's episode. I can't wait. Yeah, because it involves your favourite subject of all time. Which is food, which obviously. Which is food, yes. Now, you and I have got something in common in that we both love cooking. We do. I mean, I like cooking meals. You do too. You're more of a baker than than I am. But you told me something this morning, which I want you to tell the world, which is you started cooking from for your family at the age of 12 and it involved a moped. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to share I think I story. need to explain. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was about 12 or 13. Um, my older sister had a moped and um, my mum was reluctant to have a shot of this moped. Uh, so my dad and I twisted her arm and got her to have a shot of it, and she did. And a hundred yards down the line, down the road, she fell off and dislocated her shoulder. So there was a combination of my mum, who was the the home cook, her arm was in a sling. So it was a combination of that and just ridden with guilt <laughs> that I had forced her to do it. So yeah, I then started cooking, and that's where my cooking journey began. Yeah. So you've been cooking to atone for your guilt for. <laughs> Years. All those, is it not time? Have you not atoned yet? No. I think she might forgive me. I don't even know if she knows that's why I do it, but yeah. <laughs> she does now. Um, and what you cooked was different from what your mum and uh, your mum cooked, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose back then, um, yeah, both my parents worked full time and it was busy. So we quite often did what I know quite a lot of families are guilty of, I suppose, um, in cooking processed foods. So now, now that I've learned more about food and I'm really interested in nutrition, I... Yeah, I cook less processed foods these days. We try and avoid them as much as possible. Well, again, like you, I mean, I grew up, I can remember my childhood and teenage years dominated by fish fingers, <laughs> Findus crispy pancakes. Now, the thing about uh, those pancakes is I loved them, but they did not love me. Oh, really? No, and they gave me, ter- even at a very young age, terrible indigestion, which was the first time, I suppose, I ever had to listen to my gut <laughs> <laughs> yes which you should do yes and uh, yeah that leads us beautifully on to our guest this week who knows all about the gut um she's written about it she's talked about it she's made youtube videos about it let's speak to her janice klein hello hello janice thank you very much for having me on yes to talk about my favorite subject gut health and fermented food <laughs> so i'm a bit of an expert on the gut i've been studying it for the last 10 years uh, and I have become rather obsessed by the whole thing. Uh, as a former sort of food scientist, I've become very enmeshed in all of the, the cool new research that's going on. And over the last, I'd say, 10 years, the amount of research in gut health is phenomenal. I think at the last count, 2020, there was like 10,000 research papers on gut health and the microbiome. So it's wow. a really, really exciting area and it's so important for our health. So that's why I'm a bit obsessed by all of it. Uh, And really, at the end of the day, the most important thing is fibre. And you only get fibre from plants because fibre actually fuels your gut microbes uh, that are there to fight inflammation, to uh, produce uh, neurotransmitters, to produce B vitamins, um, to support your immune system, all sorts of things. But they can't do anything without the right food source. 
So that's where all the processed food uh, is an absolute disaster because not only does it not have a lot of good stuff in it, it's actually got a lot of bad stuff which negatively impacts a good gut bacteria. It's something we, we were discussing the other day, this whole thing about fat versus sugar. For years we were taught to go and eat low-fat food and that was going to be the cure for all our problems. And then we secretly think it's a conspiracy of the sugar industry to make you have more sugar. Is it just about everything in moderation or are there definite things you should avoid? No, well, no, absolutely. Because the thing is, you said, the food industry absolutely want to make food that you will buy and buy again and you'll crave all the time. That's why there's so much sugar goes into everything. And the whole low-fat thing, take the fat out and add more sugar in, an absolute disaster. Helps nobody to lose weight. It just encourages you to eat more and more and more. And the other problem is a lot of processed food, it's not nutrient-dense, so it doesn't make you feel full up. You know, you eat it and then you think, oh, I still really want something. It just sets up all these cravings. And then you throw in things like artificial sweeteners. Oh, yeah, they're great. They'll help you to lose weight. They don't help anyone to lose weight. And in actual fact, what the science is showing is they do the exact opposite and they make you crave more food. You eat something with artificial sweeteners, your brain checks out, oh, there's sugar coming, gets all primed to deal with the sugar, and then there's nothing, there's no calories because it's artificial. So not only that, it then sets you up to want to go and crave actual food. Artificial sweeteners pass through your stomach undigested into your colon, and they interact with your re-gut bacteria all the way down through your colon and not in a good way. Yeah, I think I think there's real confusion, isn't there? Like, I mean, a few years ago, I took a real interest in nutrition and uh, food and what how it can help you um, feel better and feel maximize your health. How do you make sense of it? How do you know? You are obviously from a scientific background. You got a lot of you know you know what you're talking about. But how does how do I learn yeah. what the difference is? Base your diet around real food. There are so many different diets, low FODMAP, there's a keto diet, there's a vegan diet. It's totally confusing. And there's no such thing as one size fits all anything. You have to find the foods that suit you the way that you want to eat, but you have to eat real food and you need to get fiber into your diet if you want to be well and be as well as you could be. But, you know, if you look at diets, and again, the Mediterranean diet is the one that's continually up there as the best way to eat. Um, and that is packed full of loads of extra virgin olive oil, olives, all the uh, beautiful vegetables, tomatoes and the peppers, you know, maybe seafoods caught locally, red wine. It's, it's the healthiest diet. But OK, maybe that wouldn't suit everyone because there's a lot of foods in there like tomatoes and peppers that are part of the nightshade family. So even though they're really good foods, they don't agree with everyone. And a lot of these foods can, you know, cause inflammation if you have arthritis or whatever. But that's why your diet and the way you eat is a personalised thing. You know, there's no such thing as a food that's only good or only bad. I mean, one of the worst ones is, is bread. It used to be years ago that bread was made traditionally. The way that it's made, the way sourdough is made, it's made with a sourdough starter. It's literally flour, um, water and salt, but it needs to be left long enough for the bacteria and the starter to break everything down and make it digestible. What happened was in the 60s, they brought in the Chorleywood bread making process to speed everything up so that you could then produce a loaf in like literally two hours. So there was more salt added for flavour, way more yeast added. There was flour improvers, enzyme, and all sorts of stuff get added to it just so that the bread can be made faster, which results in the white sliced bread that we can buy in the shops today, which is it's literally devoid of anything good and literally turns to sugar as soon as you eat it. And also the difference there as well, I think, if I bake a loaf 
or buy a loaf from a local bakery um, that's been made the traditional way. Um, it doesn't last half as long, which I think is a good thing because it's obviously not got anything false. And You're absolutely right there. But then what happens is people then think that that's how food should be. You know, and I, I do make sourdough. Yeah. I have to say sourdough. I love sourdough bread. I make it all the time. Sourdough bread is fantastic because it's it's so easy to digest. Most of the gluten's broken down. I only use organic flour, so there's no glyphosate residues in what I'm doing. So I use the best quality ingredients. Um, but absolutely right. It doesn't stay soft. I mean, to, to be honest, though, sourdough is so good, it never really lasts more than a day in our house. But <laughs> have that expectation. it should stay soft. But the thing is with sourdough is the acidity that protects it from moulding. So it doesn't go mouldy, but it doesn't stay soft. Do you know, Janice, my dad was Polish and he used to despair at the kinds of bread we had in this country and also processed cheese and things like that yeah. they, he was not only was he polish but he was brought up on a farm and he would just look at most of the food that we had in supermarkets like they were plastic you know but the odd yeah, thing is we were conditioned as children by commercials advertising so the things he would try and make us eat most of the time we, we threw our hands in horror at it with the exception of any kind of pickles like gherkins and things like mm. that which brings us to your um i was going to call it obsession but i better not your passion no for, it is an um, obsession no you're totally right <laughs> your passion <laughs> for fermentation shall we yes. get into that um, oh, yeah. because when we were looking for a way to describe you i think uh a fermentation expert perhaps yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, like I'll take that. Yes, or, or a fermentista, that's somebody who ferments everything. And that's totally me. I'm like fermented inside and out. So I'll probably lift you. I'm about 120. Very well preserved. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you have actually spoken about how uh, eating the right or making the right food choices can imp- not only improve your health, but can perhaps even remedy some of the damage you've done to yourself in the past. Yeah. Is it a bit like smoking? If you give it up, even at a late stage in life, you immediately get some benefit from it. Yes, absolutely. That, that, take that back to the gut microbiome. So all these wee chillings of bacteria in your gut, it's never a static thing. Uh, your gut bacteria change according to what you eat, what you drink, um, you know, what you think on a daily basis. So it's never a static thing. So you can actually start to impact your gut health in a matter of weeks if you start to increase the amount of fibre and the amount of diversity that you eat. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, maybe that you can't undo all the damage if you've had you know years of eating a really poor diet, but you can absolutely start to improve you know, from, you know, from whenever you decide to start to eat real food. Um, and again, as I say for myself, touch wood, I have absolutely zero health issues. I'm healthier than I was 20 years ago before I started doing all of this stuff. And the wonderful thing about fermented food is it tastes amazing, introduces you to all sorts of wonderful flavours. I've got a fridge absolutely packed full of all colours of the rainbow ferment. Honestly, I've got pineapple, turmeric, ginger, sauerkraut. I've got fermented carrots. I've got wee spicy radish bombs. I've got masses of, and again, a lot of Polish people that was in their uh, culture and in their tradition. And I yeah. run workshops. I'm not going to be doing that many more at home, but I've done a lot of fermented veggie uh, workshops and had a lot of younger Polish people coming and saying exactly as you said there, Jeff, that 
uh, you know, when they were young, they didn't really like any of the kind of fermented stuff, even though their parents knew that it was really, really good for them. But they're all interested in it now. And I'm a bit like, you know, back to basics. Anything that I do, I'm researching it and I'm going back to the traditional ways because we are the ones that have totally messed it up. As I say, I work in food science research um, for 10 years and we can't improve in nature. We really can't. And that's where all the mistakes have come from. And I don't promote, the, you know, supplements or anything else. I promote real food and getting plenty of seasonal food into your diet. I'm a massive fan of foraging, you know, nettles. I make friends with all the weeds in my garden. It's like, if you can't beat them, eat them. So I eat all the nettles, the dandelions, <laughs> the ground. Honestly, it's, it's a, the most freeing thing. It's wonderful. I made a nettle and lemon cake for Easter Sunday. I make nettle pesto. You must have seen a um, slight change in trends, bearing in mind that you've studied it for so long. I mean, I personally think that gut health is coming a little bit more into mainstream media at the moment. But what I was going to ask you is that I've seen and heard of some of my friends that are starting to supplement products that are good for your gut or meant to be. Is that not where you would start? Say somebody was coming to you with no clue whatsoever. How would you introduce all of these probiotic type foods into their diet? Well, what I would say, the first thing that you really want to do, which is the simplest thing, is just get more diversity into your diet. Eat more plants. Yeah, that's where, you know, fiber, as I said, is a food source for all of these beneficial bacteria. If your diet is devoid in fiber, then they can't do anything without a food source. And these bacteria, once they have a food source, they create all sorts of bioactive compounds that do all sorts of cool stuff to keep you well, but they can't do it without a food source. So instead of, to me, all the ferments are like the icing in the cake. I mean, they're all like, the, they can totally transform your health. It's like, you know, the wee key to vibrant good health, but... I would say to anyone, really, just start to eat more fibre. What we should be doing mm -hmm. is going for, aiming for 30 different types of fibre in a week. Now, that sounds like a lot. I can do that in one meal because I continually am like adding different things. And I don't just eat to feed myself. I eat to feed my gut microbes. So if I have a plate of something, for example, if I have my sourdough toast in the morning, uh, which is great because that's all been broken down. That's really good. That's got uh, resistant starch, good for your gut. I'll then add whatever, either avocado, which I had this morning, avocado, and then I had three different ferments on top of it. I had pineapple, ginger, sauerkraut. I had fermented carrots and I had a super detox kraut. Then I sprinkled it with all my nettle seeds uh, and I've got like red onion powder that I've dehydrated and I've got all sorts of other things. So I build up you know, my food and it's something that looks amazing. It tastes fantastic and it's feeding me and my gut microbes. Because here's the other thing. If you have an imbalance in your gut and there's no such thing as anybody who's only get good bacteria, everyone has a balance, but the ones that are, are prevalent are the ones that you feed. So it's like, who are you feeding? Are you feeding the good guys? Are you feeding the bad guys? Right, the bad guys, they only want sugar. So if you ever, and I don't know, this happens quite often, if you... If you have to take antibiotics, pretty much all your gut bacteria get wiped out, which means if you've got like candida, which is yeast, which is everybody has it, it can actually proliferate because the, the good guys aren't there to keep it in check. It then starts to send messages to your brain to tell you go and put, you know eat donuts, drink sugary stuff because that's its food mm -hmm. source, and that then keeps that cycle going. Then they, the more sweet stuff you eat, the more they're going to grow and they're going to grow. And then you're balanced. You're going to have way more of the bad ones than you have the good ones. And that's called dysbiosis, which just means your gut is not in balance. 
well, Jeff and I have been speaking about diets and stuff like that recently. Um, and I think the first thing we consider is um, what are we eating too much of? How do we take things out of our diet? And I think actually what you've just said is really interesting because maybe it's a shift in um, mindset, a shift in approach that suggests actually what can we add in? What, what are the good guys? Those those brain messages you were talking about, Janice, I certainly get those ones about donuts and chocolate <laughs> yeah, well, quite a I lot, mean, you know. Well, you need to but get more please tell me. A bit of chocolate, a glass of wine is still okay. Otherwise, oh, yeah. there's oh, no hope. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Well, you know, the thing is, I, I love food. I'm one of these people who loves to eat. I just love food. I love red wine. Red wine's great because it's got polyphenols in it. That's good for your gut bacteria. Dark chocolate, not milk chocolate, okay? If you're going to eat a big bar of Cadbury's dairy milk, there's nothing good in that. But if you can go for the darker stuff, there's also polyphenols in chocolate. Um, that feed your gut bacteria, you know, so it's not about, I mean, giving up all the stuff you like. For me, it's about, look at all this incredible stuff you can eat, all the nuts, all the seeds. There's another big misconception, don't eat nuts, they're fattening. The most recent research that's come out on nuts, all nuts, but especially walnuts, walnuts actually support your metabolism of fat, so help you to metabolize fat, feed all the good bacteria in your gut and do all sorts of other stuff. As I say, the diversity game, that's the one game that I consistently win at because I'm very good at that game. Not so good at other games, but I win in that one. How many <laughs> that is my fun game. I've got one recipe on my blog, which is for wee, like beetroot energy bites. And I managed to get 12 different sources of prebiotic fibre into them. And they're absolutely delicious. And they're made with vacuum-packed beetroot, like cocoa powder, flax seeds, um, coconut, oats. I've got loads of different things in them. But I could not recommend highly enough, you know, start to look at your diet um, and don't just accept that as a lot of people do as they get older, think, oh, well, it's just because I'm getting older, I'm going to get arthritis or this is going to happen. Absolute nonsense. I don't believe it for a second. You actually are what you, the saying used to be, you are what you eat. And then it was, you are what you yeah. absorb. Now it is, you are what you host. So you are what your gut microbes eat. So if you eat a diet that's full of rubbish, then you've got a gut full of um, bacteria that are doing nothing for you. If you eat a living diet, you know, with plants and seasonal stuff and, you know, nuts and seeds and lentils and beans and all these cool things, you're, you're going to, you know, you'll just benefit on so many different levels. You know, as I said, life's too short to be saying, oh, no, I can't eat chocolate or I'm not eating crisps. I love crisps. I like chocolate. I, I have wine. You know, I have a glass of wine pretty much. Well, not, not every night, but, you know, I do. I like a gin and tonic. You know, and it's about, but I, I balance it out with helping my body. So it's like supporting your body. If you drink alcohol, alcohol is considered as a toxin, right? So your body's got to work quite hard to metabolize it. Have a big glass of kombucha along with the alcohol and the kombucha clears it out of your system. It works a treat, it really does. Well, well Janice, you mentioned playing games. And as we do with all our guests here on Ways to Wellbeing, we always end with our five ways to wellbeing challenge. Your chance to score points, your chance to tell us how you live your life, but also, more importantly, your chance to win one of our new Ways to Wellbeing podcast fridge magnets, which I'm sure only if you pass our challenge will you get this for your fermenting fridge. Okay, so that's what's at stake. Uh, Nicola's going to ask you five questions. Now, we took these off an NHS website so to give it a bit of <laughs> credibility, but uh, we believe but we believe if you if you follow these five points, you'll live a better life. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> so we're just going to run through five questions, and for each question, if you could please give me an example of how you've done it in the past week. Right. So an example of a time where you have connected with others. 
Oh, connecting with others all week. I'm a coach in the Change Your Life every day. Um, so I'm giving people lots of advice and I also share lots on my Facebook page. I'm always sharing recipes. I'm a big, I'm probably an oversharer. So yes, I'm, I, I get a point <laughs> for that one. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But are you a good listener? Oh, yes. I can listen. Yes. I'm listening now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll give you the point. <laughs> Have you been active in the past week? Yes. I do yoga every morning. Yes, and um, and I go for a walk. That's that's, and I do gardening. But yes, I've started doing yoga regularly every morning, and I have to say, I feel so much better for it. Um, it's only half an hour, but it makes a massive difference. Um, and I've also got a little cold tub in the garden, so I go and sit in my cold tub of cold water for five minutes, maybe ten minutes, if I can do that. So that's a fun thing. Okay, well, you've now got two points. You're almost, you're almost at fridge, you're almost Excellent. at fridge magnet level. Fantastic! Right, bring it on. Ask me have next. You, <laughs> have you learned a new skill in the past week? In the past week, a new skill. Um, well, I'm actually building my new wellness hub, so I, I'm not great with technology, but I'm having to learn how to do different things with technology and get myself a bit out of my comfort zone. So, yes, I would say that that's. Trying to get that all um, up and running has been quite a challenge. Although I do have help, I have to say, but I'm, I'm having to get out of my comfort zone. So, yeah, I think I'll say yes to that. Brilliant. An- another point straight away. Another point. Two more questions. Um, a time that you've been kind to others in the past week? Kind to others. Well, I did give my friend a big jar of sauerkraut um, because I had some spare ones in the fridge uh, and I gave another friend, I made a sourdough for another friend. So, I like to I like to give my, my ferments to people to sort of cheer them up. Always seems to put a smile in people's face anyway. Janice, I have to say no one has ever answered that question with I gave my friend a big jar of sauerkraut. So that's well, a, then yeah, the that's first a thing first. <laughs> you could be starting a new trend here. Now given that you've just told us that you uh, start your day with mindful uh, with yoga and uh, the cold water immersion. I would imagine you're going to get a point for this one as well, but um, a time that you have been mindful in the past week, paying attention to the present moment. Yes, I, I do. I, I do actually do have quite a few different mindfulness practices. Um, uh, I, I sit quite often and just sort of tune in and, and ask for answers. I do angel cards quite often, so I like to sit and choose my wee card for the day and see what my message is for the day. Uh, quite often as well, I'll go out into the garden to take my shoes off and just wander about in the grass and just enjoy nature. To me, that's a wee mindfulness meditation. Um, you know, I'd rather than sit just cross-legged trying to do a meditation, I'd rather be outside in nature. Um, and I do, I do take the opportunity to do that whenever I can. I mean, there was just no doubt about it. Five out of five. Yay. The fermenting fridge is getting a magnet. Thank you. The magnet, the magnet is yours. The oh, thank you yours. so much. Actually, That's a real bonus. I didn't know I was going to win a prize, but thank you. I've got, I've got to be something here uh, for Nicola as well. I mean, normally we, we used to always have biscuits in the office, <laughs> and recently we've changed it to a fruit bowl. But oh, now, I, thought, I thought, would you like one of these lovely um, small cucumbers? I mean, I wish they were fermented now after this chat. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, well. it's, the can, it's the best we can do. We do, we do have Janice, it's been terrific talking to you. It's, you're just full of fantastic information. I'm sure our listeners will absolutely play this podcast over and over again um, to to get as much mental nourishment out of it as, as apart from anything else. You've been a terrific, a terrific guest. 
thank you so much for joining us on Ways to Wellbeing. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And that's it from us for this week. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back soon with the next uh, podcast. In the meantime, <laughs> we'll say bye for now. Bye. Ways to Wellbeing is produced in Inverness, Scotland by Partnerships for Wellbeing, a registered charity. To find out more about our services, go to p4w.org.uk.